0: So what we want to do today, as you can tell, we got a whole bunch of uh, testosterone up here today. What we want to be, this is one of our favorite services of the year, because it's a time when we can appreciate and just spend some time around uh, all of the people that go into making all of this stuff that you see on a Sunday morning work, or Wednesday, or through the week, or Tuesday nights, or, or wherever you are connecting with us. But how many people are involved in this whole process? It might look like maybe there's just one, whoever the preacher is on Sunday, but most of you would recognize that it certainly takes more than just one person to make this place run the way that it does, doing all the things that we do. So we wanted to share a little bit of our time with you, maybe some observations that we have had. So just to share as a body, uh, really about the power of us drawing together. I think there's a transition season that we are in right now, uh, and we've really gone through it, but we're in the baby steps of it. I've talked to you about it many times when it comes to, you know, even though this is a millennial season and that's just a number on a calendar, I believe that it's much more significant than that in the seasons of the church as we are experiencing them. And so going through into the new millennium, the, 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 the third millennium, which was 18 years ago now, we did come into a new season and we're just trying to really figure out what was that new season. What does it look like looking around, just letting the Holy Spirit guide us organically into what is happening as he prepares us, not only for the next hundred years, but I believe for the next thousand years, unless Jesus decides to come back. How many of you know we should be planning for a thousand years from now so that our children have something to do when they get here? How many of you'd say that's a pretty good idea? Now, if we all disappear tomorrow and head to heaven, anybody going to be mad about that if I didn't? uh, No. And so what we want to do right now, I believe that there is a transition that's happening because the the end of the last millennium, which is referred to as the 20th century, um, really had a very different flavor to it than what I believe the 21st century does, which is the one that we're living in right now. Primarily, your and my life are going to be really impacting the 21st century, which is now until the end of this two-zero year, uh, century. And I believe that the end of last century we or the whole of last century was really very much about the celebration of the individual, yeah. as God was trying to get people a, a, out of just <clears throat> a corporate mindset that says it's all about the corporate environment, mm-hmm. and He needed to come back and say, "No, there's gifting, there's calling, there's there's blessings, <clears throat> there's things on the inside of you." that are very important and need to be developed, need to be matured, need to be advanced, need to be recognized, need to be celebrated. Yeah. Um, but last, how many of you know that the, hundred, the, 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 20th, the 20th century was very much ordered around celebrities and names and very individuals who accomplished great things, which was wonderful because on those shoulders we are, <clears throat> we are presently standing right now. So, because of that, we don't—we're not looking to, you know, vilify anybody. We're just really looking to identify how have things changed now, yeah. and can I say, changed dramatically. And so, but many of us have been grown up in that season. And so what's the most difficult thing for a human being to do is to grow up in one paradigm and then shift to another paradigm because our mindsets all need to be adjusted as we look at moving forward. Last century, the focus was on the individual Mm -hmm. and the celebration of the individual and the, the promotion of the individual. And so everything about the way we thought really got around the, okay, so how does this affect me? Or when does it become about me? And those me situations, even though it wasn't always bad, because, you know, God brings us from a place of where we're very big and strong and powerful in worldly thinking, and then he brings us out of all of that to get us to sort of like a base level, and then from that base level, he wants to then begin to promote us, and that's very true, and it's remaining true going forward, not leaving this stuff behind. And so, although there were some seasons, things last, uh, last century, that people kind of came in, got an idea, and took off without the, you need to kind of become a kingdom person first before that happens. But for the most part, it was a God thing that he wanted us to recognize that each one of us were actually important pieces. Yeah, and, but as we move into this century now, there is a a twist on that story that is upon us right now. That is, yes, that the individual is very important, but that God right now is interested in the celebration of teams or the celebration of communities or the celebration of the corporate rather than, and I shouldn't say rather, It's more the the last century we've talked about how do we make a real kingdom human being? How does transformation happen in somebody's life? So that we can individually go from darkness into light, flesh into spirit carnality into spiritual things. All of that transition, which is where we've been as a ministry, but where we're going, where the kingdom is going right now, is that we're transitioning on going from individual and celebrating the individual to now gathering together those individuals and finding a way for that to have a corporate expression. It's kind of like uh, if if you've ever used or played with a jigsaw puzzle how many of you have ever done that? Yeah. Uh, when you have, matter of fact, I have a bunch of them here. I'm going to t- send you home with a little piece of a jigsaw puzzle because I think it's a great metaphor for what this season is actually about. The season is um, where we understand the, the great value of the individual piece in a jigsaw puzzle. How many of you say you've got all the way to the end of a jigsaw puzzle and one or two pieces is, mi- how do you feel about that? Yeah, so then you go, wait a minute, that piece is now super important because it's missing. Right. But you can also recognize that the, that the individual piece by itself is, just, is not really what the designer or the developer of the jigsaw puzzle actually had in mind. That's right. It wasn't the purpose. And I think that's what we're kind of coming into as we celebrate now this next hundred years to find ourselves in a place where one, we recognize my peace is awesome, but my, the purpose of my peace is that it fits into a greater mosaic of what God is doing. And then as we begin to do that, if you look at how the kingdom goes from here, now that there is a skill or there is even a recognition of the transformational part of an individual's life, we're able to see, wait a minute, that's not the end game. Right. Right? So it's not about, let me just go and get transformed and then let me go off on a tangent to do my own thing, simply because when you're dealing with what has to happen to transform the world around us, individuals don't have the ability anymore, right? Right? We saw that in the last century, great men of God, like world-changing, filling up stadiums with hundreds of thousands of people, and yet the secular agenda still won out at the end of the day. Because the kingdom of God was never intended to be about the individual. Yeah. It's always been from the very beginning when, it, when, it, when, when God talked to Abraham, he was talking to Abraham about a family. Yeah. And then it was about a family that turned into a nation. And then it was about a nation who, through Jesus, engulfed the entire world. Right. Why? Amen. Because God has always been in the family business.
1: Right.
0: Yes. He's always been about that. Okay. Yes. So as we talk today, I, brought, I asked a couple of the guys to come up and share this time with me today because they really do have a revelation. Their lives, certainly to me, their lives really demonstrate to us that they under, not only understand it, yeah, I got the, I got the degree, but their lives have really uh, embraced the concept of sewing themselves, finding themselves, yeah. and their lives, and their purpose, and their destiny in the, in the webbing of a greater picture and a greater work. Yeah. And so what we're gonna try and do, just to make it kind of simple for you, was uh, if we could break down why do, what, is the <clears throat> what is the benefit of a team? Yeah. This is Joe Tucker. By the way, can I let him have it right in the, in the nose? I am dairy-free for the last two weeks. I got a text this morning saying, Starbucks, question mark? Dairy-free. So this is Joe Tucker's latte that
2: keeps...
0: (laughs) Just so that I'm off the hook, I got one in my mouth. What we've done is we've broken it down into sort of three areas. Because I think there's, there's, uh, there's enough understanding of, hey, give your life into what I'm doing. Right there's and I think that that's good. Uh, There's a there's a very uh, noble thing that we do when we sow into that which is another man's. But I think what we need to do is we need to because of the transition that we're going through, we need to understand in a greater way how do we make some of those decisions or understand those things from a personal level. Right, God not only wants to serve the corporate when he does this, he also wants to serve the individual. He doesn't want it to be where one suffers in order for another to gain. How many of you know that? God does not, he is not so limited that he does zero sum gains. Right. Right. Every time God does something, he doesn't take away from one person to give to another person. He just makes the pie bigger and everybody gets more. As long as we go God's way. Yeah. Does that make some sense? So what we want to do is there's going to be a very intentional part of our own decision making for our individual lives and especially when we were raised in the, I gotta push through the boundaries myself, pioneering type of ministry like what we have around here, for everybody to say, okay, does that mean we have to go off in a thousand different directions and pioneer our own thing? Or is there a better plan to be able to all gather together and to do greater things because we can gather together to accomplish those greater things? Does that make some sense? So from, uh, from an individual perspective, if we can take a look at one, that traveling together, doing things together is actually a safer way to do things. Number two, that gathered together is actually a happier way to do things. And then three, gathered together is a stronger way to do things. And so what we'd like to do, if we could, just take a couple minutes of your time and just share some of our observations about you know, how has that actually gone yeah. in the environments that we've seen from both business and, and kingdom and everything and family, all of that? How does it actually work? And how do we each embrace <laughs> it in order to actually make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to step a little bit closer yeah. Yeah. to this corporate idea that God is bringing into the forefront in this next hundred years or so?
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think that like a huge thing about this is um, because I know that's, I know. That's nice. I'm I'm good. You're going to go soon. Yeah, I'm going. I'll hop over the table if I have to. Um, (laughs) One of the things that I think about is, is because sometimes you can think about, you know, because we're technically family, right? Biologically, Mike's my brother-in-law. And so I think that sometimes it could seem like, uh, you know, I can understand why you believe in family or why certain, you know, family works in certain areas. Uh, But really, God's intention is, yes, for the biological family, but God's intention is for his family, right? right? Which is all of us together. And when we talk about family, family is something that's super intentional. Because one of the things that I've even noticed really about in my own life as, you know, the son of the, you know, my dad and the son of the ministry Uh, was there was a long period of time in my life where I wasn't really interested in family. And I technically gathered around and technically I did the family thing, Um, but family wasn't in me. Um, and so when we're talking about this this morning, you know, we're going to talk about all the benefits um, because it's what we like to do because the Bible is full of benefits. But there's an intentionality yes, in stepping into, uh, because one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, as I talk a little bit about there's, you know, safety, like Proverbs 11:14 says that, that there's safety in the counsel of many. Uh, is that, you know, sometimes I think about it, that there is a perceived vulnerability, you know, where I don't want to get close to people in relationship with them because I got my stuff and I don't want them to find out my stuff. But then I realize that there is a perceived vulnerability, but then there's actual vulnerability. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Where I, I, okay. So here's one of the things for me. I love animals, like in a weird kind of a way, like I care about the squirrels and, you know, the flies that are in my house. I have a weird, I feel like they have feelings, okay? And so I love animals so much, but in contrast to that, I can't help but watching YouTube videos about animals killing other animals, okay? I don't know why. It, like, it is gut-wrenching, but I can't stop clicking on the next video. I have this thing where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that cheetah killed the deer. And then it's like, oh, I got to watch this crocodile eat this thing, right? I don't know why I have that. Uh, but I realized that, you know, even in the animal kingdom, that there is this understanding. And if you've ever watched one of these videos on nature uh, or, or predators in nature, you'll realize that there is this common thread that all, every single one of these videos weaves. And that is that the predator always tries to get the prey away from the herd alone, isolated to itself. Okay. Because I tell you something, we are better together. We are safer together. You know what I love about it? I love the fact when I have the fact that I'm in family and family, not just my biological family, but family together, is that I don't have to have it every day. You know what I'm saying by have it? Like I don't have to be on every day. Right. But if I was in the wilderness, right, and I was this lone deer out in the middle of nowhere, I'd have to be on every day. Right. Because there's always something that's looking to try to get at me, to try to get to me. And I think that sometimes when I think about life, I'm so thankful for the community that I'm in because I'm not that lone deer. Right? I don't have to have eyes on the back of my head. I don't got to live my life paranoid that something is trying to get at me or get to me or someone's trying to steal something from me. But when I'm in community, there is safety just in the fact that I'm connected to people. This is what the writer of Proverbs tells us, is that just because I'm around people, there's safety. It doesn't say that, you know, that I have to be around smart people or great people. It doesn't say that I have to be around certain people that I even like them or don't like them. It just tells me that if I could just get around some people, that there's safety for me as I step into my destiny, as I step into the new things that God is asking me, there's a safety in that. And so I take a cue from, you know, like what Pastor Jeremy said, because he's so awesome. Man, he just brings the fire. I love that guy how he said that natural things are always patterned after spiritual principles. And so we see that in nature, that animals have this innate understanding that they need to be together with other people. And so it's a spiritual principle for us as well. So what do people do is they lift me up when I'm down. But I love that about being inside of a family is that it doesn't take long. I don't have to be in a bad mood for too long before somebody is on my case, right? I don't gotta complain that much before someone is reminding me about how good God is. Someone who's reminding me about the miracles that he's done in my life. Somebody who's reminding me that he's a faithful father. It doesn't take long. I don't even have the opportunity to have that big of a pity party because there's always someone around me who's willing to pull me up, up, out of that place and remind me of the good things that God is doing. Because yeah. sometimes, well, I could be my own worst enemy. Yeah. If I'm left alone to my own vices. I could be my own worst enemy. I mean, nobody can pity party like I could pity party, right? Nobody can complain like I can complain. But I tell you something, when being around other people have done for me, is they've kept me free from those depressions. They've kept me free from those discouragements. They've kept me free from that anxiety or that worry or that fear, just simply because I get around other people. The second thing that it does is, is this is so valuable, is that as human beings, we all have blind spots. You ever notice that? It happens, I notice that the most when I'm in Ramah is I'll be talking through something, an issue, and the Ramotech, which is typically like my aunt, or my Aunt Jenny, or my dad, and I'll be talking through something, and I'll be talking it through totally confident, and they'll stop me right in the middle of the conversation, and they're like, you do realize that what you're saying right now is absolute deception, and, and like to the farthest degree, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I never actually noticed it, come to think of it, I still don't think that it's deception right now, and that's the reality, is that we all live with these blind spots, we all think things. We all act out on things. We all do things that inside of ourselves, we don't realize that those things are opening the door to the blessing less life. Um, and, and, and my reality is, is I'm so thankful for family or people that are around me who could say, hey, I know, did you ever notice? Did you ever notice that you do that? Did you ever notice that you say that? Right? It could be like, you know, for a period of time in my life, I was like, oh, I'm so positive, I'm so positive. And finally, people had to come to me and be like, you do realize that you're like the most negative person that I know, right? But that's the thing is that we can sometimes fool ourselves, yeah. and sometimes it, they, you know, it, 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 the enemy will allow us to live in this place where we think we're positive, but we're actually not positive. But what people did for me, and people around me did for me, was to help me to stay in this place where I was actually being and doing who I actually was. Yeah. And the last thing that I'm going to say uh, before I let these guys take it, um, is that we can learn from other people's victories. Yeah. I was just recently watching an animals video the other day, okay? This one, nobody died in this one. This is actually a good one. Uh, And one of the things that I was talking about was, is that during dry seasons of dryness, right? Like let's say they're in the Sahara desert, uh, that sometimes there are babies that are born and they've never known where water was. And I was thinking about how valuable it is for those people to have somebody that they can follow to water. You see what I'm saying? Is that sometimes I can experience dry patches in my life because there are places that God is going to take me that I've never been before, right? There's going to be things in my life that I need that I don't know how to get. And that's why I'm so thankful, like that baby deer, that there's somebody, there's people in my life that can take me places that I've never been before. They can lead me into those places. Even though it seems like there's just death and destruction in front of me, I can follow someone who could lead me to that place where I am. Why? Because we're better together. I tell you something, the enemy, it's like he doesn't have any option. He doesn't have any ability to get to me when I'm with other people, when I'm around other people. And so that's it. I I I I I can't do this. I can't do this preaching with other people thing. I went the whole time. I'm looking at my time and I'm thinking, oh, Pastor
0: Alex is learning how to share. How many of you think that's a good thing that he learns how to share? Because
1: I tell you, it's amazing how when you, sorry, when you get into a family and you understand what comes from being in a family, you realize that I literally become unstoppable, right? There are times when we're talking about things like inside of our little family meetings and we'll laugh. Like I remember one time we were doing a business deal at one point and I was like, we have this unfair advantage that we're competing against all these other people, but it's like, I'm already going in knowing that I'm gonna be victorious because I realize that I'm not alone, that other people in my life make up for my weaknesses so that where I'm weak, other people can be strong. That's <laughs> it, I promise, yeah. for, now.
0: Yeah, for, for now. now, for now, now. I don't promise. Never believe preacher when he no, says, probably. I'm finishing here. Yeah. <laughs> the second thing that we'll talk about is the fact that we're happier. Yeah, that's you know, actually, right. Actually, I, I can share something with what I remember when we put the, uh, the uh, Uganda team together earlier this year, and you could really tell the difference between the people who had been before, and they knew where they were going, and the people who had never been before, particularly those that had never been on an airplane before, <laughs> never right. mind gone to a third world country. <laughs> and I know what the look on their face was going like, you know where we're going, right? <laughs> and the, safene- this, the way they felt safe, because there were people That's that right. were on the team, the leaders yep. on the team who had already been there. Yep. They knew the airport, they knew Absolutely. the road, they knew the compound, they knew the mainses, they knew all of that. So yep, yeah. we're totally great, you're gonna have a blast. Yeah. Can you just you feel it right there, you, just, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. I've already been there before. You're I gonna have. That. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Now I'm feel very safe now because somebody's gone there before right. me, right? Somebody has been walked this way a little bit, anyways, before me. The other part that I'd like to share, though, is the happier part. Yeah. You know, I'm a workaholic by trade, and <laughs> I'm. Uh, I've noticed that you know you go a long way by yourself a lot of times when you're trying to plow through and pioneer some things yep. and can I tell you something going that way is not the preferred way that's right. there were people that God called to do that certainly in the last century people were they had to there is a new They had to plow a new row they had to go a new way they had to tear down a new forest whatever the metaphors are there but that's not the preferred way to go Can I tell you now that not only am I personally surrounded by my biological family, which is now, you know, growing by the pregnancy every, looks like every other day, but that there are now more, all of us, that we gather together, that we feel like family to one another, yeah. that you're closer to me than That's my true. actual brothers and sisters are because yes. they live in different places and all of that. When I come here or when Tina and I are away, we're get jonesing to get back here That's because right. it's so much more fun to do life yes. when we are doing life yeah. together. No matter what it is that we really do, <clears throat> whether, <clears throat> you know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, an easy thing or a hard thing, this is, there's a downside to this, too, because people correct you all the time. Like the whole dairy thing, right? I keep hearing it again and again. The key, the key to it is, see? The key to it is that we recognize. And I think with me, it was actually a decision that I had to make that it was going to be more fun right. if I go together. If I go with someone, if we have a community of people, we have a posse, then we're just going to have so much more fun together. Right. Can I tell you, there's a, there's a fear that, was in, uh, that is part of that, and that is, you know, the closer you get to me, the more you get to know who I really am. Right. And this persona, the guy that you see, this was not what I looked like two and a half hours ago, three hours ago. It's a lot scarier. The real me is a lot scarier than this. And many of us have deep concerns about that, that the closer we get to people, the more we will be known. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a scary thing. But can I tell you something? That When you recognize the value of family and yeah, you be known by people who love you even though they know you, yeah, yeah. who they love you and love you more yeah. because they know that you've got stuff... Yeah that is going on in your life, not only that, but when you can be known and in the same reciprocal relationship that you can know another person. Not know them, their first name, or hi, how are you, but know them. Work with them, you know, chore with them, bond with them, just, you know, go through life together. Can I tell you something? It has affected me in a much different place than I had originally thought when i was just a workaholic type of a go you know go alone kind of a person yeah. i realized that there is a deeper value like a sense of belonging and a sense of of connection to people that make everything we do uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. Like I remember yeah. building the the roof, the, that big roof that's on the front of this building, and we had all of these people connecting in and sewing into it. Yeah. Even though we, I, you know, I had that's to do a, a f- few Ramas of, uh, you know, of the experience. I look back on it and I know because Alex and I were working hard on it. It's number of you were there.
2: Not
0: fun. <laughs> Work with me, okay? I was nice to you when you were doing your part here, okay? The point of my story, <laughs> if I could go over here and get him off camera for a moment. The point of my story was I look back and the pain of the experience is fading away. Yes. And what the memory of it is, is the community and the way we slaved and worked together. And I look at that, it isn't just a roof on a building to me, right? It isn't a, it's a trophy to us as just a Grammy, grab, you know, the way we grabbed together and accomplished it. Can I tell you, Michael said something yesterday when we were preparing what what we were each going to share, and he said it's very interesting that as we get together, as we interact with other people, there is something that happens that cannot happen if we're just by our onesie, and that is that you have the iron sharpening iron reality yeah. where we actually rub on each other, yeah. and by rubbing on each other, we get sharper and we get better. His observation was, yeah, it also, you know, wears off all the rough edges, right? So it's not just that you get sharpened in the work that you're doing, you become more excellent, you become more skillful, you become more understanding, you become more wise. It's also the, like in a marriage or like in a, you know, go on vacation with somebody, all of a sudden you start to actually grow yourself By rubbing off a bunch of the things that you would say, you know what, that's no big deal, I can live with that, and, and not realizing how much negative that thing was actually creating in your life. Yeah getting together with other people who you are knowing and being known by, all of a sudden it starts automatically creating this process where I become a better person, that I enjoy myself better. I'm not saying you enjoy me better, but I enjoy myself better. But also at the same time, my skills, my life, my contribution, my journey, my destiny is actually getting sharpened and honed and I'm becoming, all that is happening simply because I allow my life to be known and I allow, and you allow your life to be known by me. And that process simply causes us to grow sharper and better and enjoy it. We are happier and we become now joyful in the journey just because we're going together. That's right, yes. Michael, yeah. stronger so, together.
2: So we are, are you on? safer together, yes. we are happier together, and we are stronger together. Yeah. Amen? Um, so there's a scripture in the Bible that says that one can put a thousand to flight yeah. and two can put ten thousand to flight. So what you see there is the value of ex- uh, unity, exponential value yeah. to unity. But what, yeah. what we don't want happening is a whole bunch of people all just putting a thousand to flight, That's right. you know what I'm saying? If you, if you can imagine like, uh, like say there's a, uh, a family and everybody lives in different places and they all come to dinner at Christmas time. Yeah. Everybody's doing successful things in different places. They all come to dinner at Christmas time and they share a meal and they high five and they exchange gifts, but there's no exponential value happening there. They're all doing their own thing, yeah. all great. Yeah. But how many of you know, like if we're in this room here, there's a lot of thousands. But imagine what it is when we multiply that together. Because if one is 10,000, Sandy and I, I'm I'm 1,000. Sandy and I are 10,000. Amy, I don't even know what the numbers are. There's a chart that you can go look at on Google. I recommend you do it because it'll blow your mind. Um, But what we're talking about is the value of unity. And so what I want to encourage is uh, when you come here, love the people next to you. Care about the people next to you. Use what God's given you. To serve the people next to you, because yeah. you guys have some stuff that I don't have. That's right. yeah. I need you, I need the things that you have, and maybe you need some of the things that I have. Yeah. I think God made us limited in that sense. I'm getting that, Pastor Alex anointing. Yeah. I'm about to. <laughs> God, God made us with limits because He de- He designed us to, to need one another. Yeah, Amen. And, 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 and when we can value the strength in another person and benefit from the strength of another person, it really is a special thing. And that's when we see this exponential growth thing happening yes. here. Yes. Um, when we are unified in community, are we are right here? And serve one another with the good stuff God has given us, we're able to cover the weaknesses of others and our own weaknesses right. as well. The Apostle Paul says in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 18, says, or, or he doesn't say that, but uh, God says to the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And I, I think sometimes, I know in my life, I'm always looking for like God to be you know, parting the clouds and showing himself strong on my behalf. But I think often what happens is in our weakness, I'm just gonna stand over here, in our weakness, the strength of the Lord is often shown to us, by another person, okay? It's often that someone comes along, and they give us a little bump, or they give us a little chunk of change, or a Holy Ghost handshake, or they give us something that we need. That's how the Lord interacts with us. In our weaknesses, his grace is is sufficient. His strength is is made perfect, not because he comes down and, you know, gives us a pat on the back, but that's what you guys all do. That's what we do for one another. We are the hands and feet of Jesus encouraging our brothers and sisters. And so there's a strength that comes from that. Um, uh, Great works are never supported by the back of one individual. If you see something amazing, a ministry, a business, a a brand, a president, you're looking at the result of exponential excellence given by a group of people. Okay? Because if we're all trying to do great things, we're going to get this far. If we're all trying to do... The same great thing. It's, great. it's crazy how how much we can accomplish, and I think that's what you're seeing here uh, at at the church. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk through. Um, Pastor was was uh, kind of fixated on the movie Tangled. You guys know the Disney movie Tangled yes. with the, the yes. hair and the, the crazy mother <laughs> and that the green lizard. Um, so that movie. I I what's that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. I have a daughter now, so it's okay that I watch Tangled multiple times. (laughs) She's never watched Tangled. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That movie cost, that movie cost $250 million to make. Okay, $250 million. It grossed over $600 million. Guess how many people were involved in the making of that movie? 591 people. Wow. So last night, Pastor, sitting at my couch, asking me to add up all these numbers, 591 people were involved in the making of that movie. Yes. It could not happen without each one of those individual people. Yes. But they weren't just working to all make their own movie. Yeah. Right? They, they were working to make this movie. Yes. They had a, one vision, and they did one thing They did did their portion of this one thing with excellence. Um, And what we see here at church, okay, we did a little little bit more math. Each week, over 876 hours are put into making this place work. 876 hours. And like I said before, you guys have stuff that I don't have. That's right. And you have stuff that Pastor Ian doesn't have. But this thing does not work unless we yes. each figure out those few things that we can do really well yeah. and we do them well. We do them unto the Lord and we do them unto our brothers and sisters and we grow something and we, 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 we cause this community and cause this world to benefit from our collaborative, uh, uh, unified strengths. Yeah. Wow. Amen? Yeah, that's, so uh, that's all I got. All right.
1: That's it. Uh, okay. that's <laughs> Could I actually say one just one quick thing? I apologize. Oh. Mm-hmm. I know I, mm-hmm. I break I'm not breaking my promise. We're gonna edit the tape and go back in time. So I didn't <laughs> promise. I think the thing too of what it, the understanding is is because sometimes it's a reality of feeling like, yes, like I want I want family, right? I wanna be safer, I wanna be happier, I wanna be stronger. But the reality, like if we, we could we could bring Pastor Jeremy up here, right, and we remember that the way that I connect into family is not that I wait for my family members to come to me, right? Because right. yeah. I think it's sometimes we could do that, right? We're like, yes. Okay, so now Pastor Ian, it's your job to right. call me every <clears throat> single morning and make sure that I'm doing good today, right? But the thing is about family, the way that I've learned that we connect to family is that I find someone who I can be strong for them. Right. I find someone who yes. I can call them who I can encourage them. Where can I give my time? Where can I sow my time? Because as I give, like what Pastor Jeremy said, that's when I become a recipient of the family benefits that I'm looking to receive. That's the harvest, yes. Yes.
0: Absolutely. You know, when Bishop Tommy Reed was here, uh, I think I've told you this story before, that he was, when he first started hanging around us, what he noticed always was that there were so many young people that really loved being here. They weren't being drugged here by their parents, they weren't forced to come. Matter of fact, they came even if their parents didn't come. Yeah. And he was so, he so remarked that. Uh, the last, the, I think at the beginning of last year when he was here with us, although he thought that was awesome, he actually noticed this time how many people were here that weren't young people, or at least yeah. that weren't you know under the age of 25. Maybe all of us are young, but we're under the age of 25. And so he started to question me about, like, how does that all work? Because he was starting to draw references to other ministries that he knew that were attracting younger people that had that kind of dynamic. Uh, But he then noticed that when you have a ministry that attracts young people, you don't tend to attract people who aren't uh, that same age bracket. And so he started to focus in on it because as I look at, you know, I'm around a lot, you know, with ministry things and stuff like that. The, the, the mantra or the big question that's on the hearts of all the church leaders and folk uh, right now is how do we attract young people to the church? And so they're constantly, they've, been, they've had, you know, these guys have been talking places and all of that to try and help people to kind of grasp what this new generation is all about. But I, I, I remember having breakfast with Bishop one time and, he, and I said to him, I says, we really aren't trying to build a millennial church a millennial means that it's a church of people who were born around the change of the millennium. And I said, we're trying to build a millennium church, which means a church that will last a thousand years as opposed to a church that's full of young people. You understand what I'm trying to say there? And the way we do that is understanding that it's valuable that all of us recognize, generation to generation, old to young, that we all have a part to play in serving one another. A church that is just young people is going to be awesome. It's going to be very loud. It's going to be a lot, you know, a lot of stuff's going to tattoos everywhere. But it's going to be missing a whole bunch of stuff because it doesn't have stuff that maybe guys who have my color hair can offer. And so I believe what God is trying to do in this, he's not trying to build a young person environment. He's trying to build an environment that's going to last a thousand years. And the, the model that God gave us way back in the beginning was that there was this grandfather, father, and son model and that everybody keeps moving through. And we started this, there weren't, I wasn't a grandfather, I was only a father. And so the, and then now I have become a grandfather and you see the process going and soon these guys will become grandparents and then Livia will become a grandparent and on and on and on the process is going to go as it, it, it sets in motion something that will last a thousand years. This model is actually what's important, yes. that as we gather together, not just young people, not just old people, but everybody that sows into generations as they come, each one being to a degree tolerant and, and celebratory of a, of a group of people that may do things very differently than they would do them. Right, some you know, young people, I can always tell, you know, we sort of try to strike a balance here. We love loud here, but we also have a balance that we try to create in the loudness of the music. So that the young people who are all the people up here right in front of the speaker can also be happy with the people who are at the back of the room going, oh, it's a little loud in here. But the key of that, that's good. The key of it is that we all stay and try to serve one another inside of that environment because it has been normal under the individualistic way of looking at it. Well, I'm just going to go and find a louder church, which you can find, and you can find a quieter church, which you can find. And everybody separates on, and so you have white people over here, and black people over here, and and prophets over here, and evangelists over there, loud music over here, soft music over there. And we all still break off and become very homogeneous about Uh, the environments or the vision that we are submitting ourselves to, as opposed to I'm going to lay hold of something that is even greater because of the mixture and the diversity. That's why we all have, Mike, I think was supposed to have a different color, but it didn't arrive, but we all have different color. We are light city shirts because it isn't necessarily a homogeneous thing. It is a, we're all together, we are light city, but we are all very, very different. And we actually celebrate the fact that we are super different from one another. It doesn't bother me that today we're gonna do it your way or we're gonna prefer prefer you in in this particular situation. I know that we're better together in spite of the fact that it's not always going to be perfect for me. This is a new season. We must all discover how to forward the, the, the wisdom that we have received regarding the restoration of the one. We have to know how to do that. We cannot lose how do we cause the one, the individual, to be maximized, that your destiny, your purpose, your plan, the, 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 the journey that you have to walk cannot get lost in the corporate because the corporate is only strong because of the individual, but now that we have embraced that, each one of us individually, we have to realize that we are going into a new season where the individual finds their purpose inside of a team, inside of a greater work. Can I tell you, do you know how many people work for Google? Does anybody know how many that is? Let me just find it here, I took a bit of data for you. 88,110 people work for Google. Do you know how many people work for uh, Walmart? They're the number one employer on the planet, by the way. 2.1 million people work for Walmart. Do you know how many people work for uh, Facebook? 25,105 people work for Facebook. These are the people who are influencing the world right now these environments, if if you're watching the news at all, you know they're really intentionally influencing the world in various directions. In order for us to even think as a kingdom, that's not a good sign, and to think as a kingdom that we're going to have the impact on this world that we are, what we're talking about, we're gonna change the world what we have to recognize is that the season of the individual is over in the sense that you have your plan and you are going to make a dent, that you're going to make a ripple, that you're going to change culture. But can I tell you something? You can very much do that if we can find a way to lock the synergistic effect of our lives together. That we can in fact become safer together, yes. we can in fact become happier together, and we can in fact become stronger together if we will simply learn how to cause that to happen in the gathering together of this great team that is Light City. Yes. I tell you something in, in Psalms it tells us that when we are planted in the house of the Lord, not you know, not the tumbleweed that blows through from, from side to side, but when you are planted in the house of the Lord, that you will flourish. That's not, I don't think, just talking about the fact that you as an individual will flourish. But because of your planting, you cause the whole thing to flourish. And then we have this exponential sense of the vision and purpose that God has for us to actually change the world that now becomes possible, not because you think you can do it or because I think I can do it, But because we're just those ones that would be willing to lock arms together, gather in, refuse to be divided, refuse all of the forces that try to drive us apart. And instead of that, we are locked in together. We know where we're going. We know purpose and destiny. And we just keep on going until that thing gets fulfilled. Amen.